All right, what's going on, everybody? Today we have a good friend of mine that is a special guest joining me on my podcast. It is the Hi. first podcast of the year. And uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. I am Angel Embers here to talk about my music. I hope that you are doing great on this day. And thank you so much for having me, Kai. I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. Um, I did want to ask you, obviously, because I like jumping straight into it. So what is um, your your journey as a musician? Because that is what you do. Or actually, would you mind telling everybody what you do, how long you've been doing it for, all that stuff? Oh, yeah. Um, so for my music, because I do a few things, I like to dress up and I like to take pictures. And of course, there's plant science. And my true love, my true dream is music. And right now, I'm at a part of my journey where I'm delving into R&B, lo-fi, pop sort of music. But before, I was actually a rock musician and um, spent quite a few years doing that. But overall, the journey has been very magical. And um, I'm really excited to see where this new project is going because it is a new project for me. And we're kind of just figuring out where it's going. The image, the music itself, it's constantly transforming. So let's go back. When did you get started? What made you get into music? Like, what was your inspiration? What, what did you listen to when you first really got into what you're doing now? Okay, so... Um, what first got me into music was just being, I think that I was born to sing actually, because as soon as I was able to really speak, or even before I was speaking, I was constantly humming and singing and creating sounds. And eventually that got into singing and then just writing music in general. But it all started when I was very, very young. And it was kind of something I did to help myself feel good you know, because of the vibrations of the voice, we can create a vibration that's very healing. And so that's something I had always practiced with my voice was just making it sound good so it makes me feel good. And I would sing, I really liked pop music growing up. I always loved Britney Spears and just, just really say that one. <laughs> feminine things. Wait, you know, I was going to yeah. say Britney Spears. Yeah, well, yeah, everybody listened to Britney Spears or like of the course. 90s songs, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, all that type of stuff. Of course, she's the queen. But yes, <laughs> um, yeah, I loved pop. And then, uh, so I was singing a lot of that. And then growing up, I started to get into a lot of rock and metal. And I became more of a metal head. I was really into emo music too. That was something that really transformed my music and brought me more towards rock and roll. And so when I was a teenager and my young adult years, I was playing a lot of um, a lot of rock music. And I had another project that was all about rock and roll. So now I've decided that this music, this type of music, like lo-fi beats and just R&B singing, it's very relaxing. And I feel like that's something that everyone could use right now in this world. We all just need to just take a moment to breathe and gather ourselves, and really tune out the chaos of the world, the chaos of the current events. Mm -hmm. And you find your center with music like this. That's just makes you feel good. It's relaxing. So that's kind of why I'm in this direction now. It was kind of, it was actually triggered from quarantine and from the, the state of the world. Felt that mm -hmm. calling. Talk yes. more about that. So, so. Um, obviously last year happened and then around March is when everything started locking down. So you started changing your style or, or what was the idea that made you want to go into yes. uh, your different style? Okay, so <laughs> I'm glad you asked that. Thank you so much for asking that because it is it is a really big change that a lot of people um, that are 
my friends or they are close to me or have followed the music that they're a bit confused about. And so whenever, you know, whenever things changed and people were not encouraged to meet together, they were not able to really have these in-person shows or promote because it would look bad for us to do that in a pandemic. Um, I started to concentrate on just really creating online content. So online recordings, I tried to make music videos, all this stuff for the rock music. But um, the music that was being produced was not coming out the way that I wanted it to. It just didn't feel right. And it wasn't coming out when I wanted it to. And so I kind of hit this slump where I lost my inspiration for music. And for a few months, I gave up on music. I no longer had the urge to play shows because of, of the pandemic. And then at the same time, I didn't even feel the drive to make rock music anymore. It just, it left me, something just left me. But recently I met a producer that showed me the way of listening to these very relaxing beats and just putting your vocals over it, adding vocal layers and doing all sorts of effects. You know, recording is just a piece of art that you can create as perfect as you want or as chaotic as you want. And so I've really been throwing myself into the art of recording and taking this direction because it's so much easier for me to make music when the beats are already there and they're accessible rather than working with a lot of people and having to create something out of nothingness with a guitar, you know? Mm -hmm. So this, this has actually inspired me to feel happy again and to be able to create freely and quickly because it just flows naturally. So that's kind of why I'm in this direction. It's it's more than just how good the music makes you feel. It's also about just how inspiring it is for myself to want to create and to want to keep going with this train of energy. So, so thanks what would for asking you say are... Kai. I am loving these questions. <laughs> I'm glad you do. Uh, what would you say are the differences yeah. between like, uh, for example, playing on stage, doing rock music or um, doing what you do now? Because I'm guessing, are you trying to do like more solo, just you and then, the, like you said, the audio behind you? Um, or, or what is the... Yes. Yeah. Oh, um, so yes, I am trying to do more solo stuff because it is, I have my own pace. I work in a very strange way and um and it's, I don't know, I just, I'm so sorry. Can you ask me the question again so I can yeah. answer it? <laughs> uh, what, what is the main differences? Because you've played on stage now for, uh, you played obviously a few shows. Uh, I did want to talk a little bit about your, your band as well. Are you still with the band Astro Alchemy? I believe that's what it's called. Or, or has that gone yes. away? Or what's the deal with that? Well, Astral Alchemy, since we're stating the name, Astral Alchemy was my original rock project. So before I had other members, it was my solo project. And throughout the years, as I've been rewriting and writing the music to be more precisely what I want it to be for the world to learn from, um, the more I accumulate and I meet people that work with me, work with the music, you know, they go as they please, they come and go. But right now, I am kind of having, and I, I'm having a hiatus with astroalchemy so I can concentrate on this new music, but it's always going to be there. It's always going to be a place for my rock music and it's a completely different genre. And so I'm kind of keeping them separated right now. And um, hopefully whenever the world gets back to a place where it's 
okay to promote music and okay to promote these big gatherings, then I would love to just play shows again. But another good thing too, is that with this type of music, I don't have to, um, you know, there isn't as much labor behind carrying all your gear. You have to carry those huge amplifiers, your guitars, all your, you know, your speakers and stuff. So I don't have to worry about that anymore. That's pretty cool. And, um, and of course, I don't have to sweat as much because it is a workout when you're on stage. I remember that I would put on these elaborate makeup looks and have this elaborate fashion. And then I would get on stage, do my thing. I'd come off and it would look like I was wearing corpse paint where <laughs> there's just like blood looking like blood looking stuff just running down my face onto my shirt and I mean it was very metal but it's nice to be able to just do this sort of thing you know just be the person behind the recording and eventually I hope to have music videos too so, so what are some other differences when you're um, on stage doing rock music towards what you're doing now what are the other differences obviously beside you know looking like the way you do after a rock show um, what other differences would you say so far um, are, are between your rock music on stage and you, you know, singing solo. So another difference too, is of course the dynamic of uh, other people being involved because once you share your music with those other people, then they put their input in and it transforms the music and it could be completely different than how you originally wanted it to be, or so much time can pass between, um, the times that people put in their input that you no longer feel that fire you did when you first created the song. So that's another thing too, is that working at my, with myself, I can work at my own pace. If I have this idea, I just want to get it out. All of a sudden I can just go to the studio, lay it down, get out all that emotion and manifest a song that is the true embodiment of what I want it to sound like. So that's, that's one other difference between working with a group of people and in a real life setting versus working in like a little workshop by yourself um, doing the recordings. So that's, that is one thing too. That's really nice. So, so who are your influences? Like you said that growing up, you listened to obviously Britney Spears. I don't think she was the influence on you. Was she on your music? And stuff? <laughs> <laughs> she, um, I actually, there is um, a line in one of my songs where I, sing kind of like how she does and I think hit me baby one more time mm. something like that so I ha I do have some influences from her but mostly my influences um they vary I like you know I like all sorts of singers but mostly I just listen to girl singers I'll listen to metal singers like in this moment is one of my biggest inspirations I love mm. pop music so I like a lot of Ariana Grande I love Beyonce I love um Rihanna I love just like the mainstream pop culture people i love um it's so hard oh i love ash nico so if she sees this i love you so much and you're <laughs> kawaii <laughs> right. yeah yeah so what, what about like live shows so um what was your first live show and i guess who are the artists that like when you went to go see them you're like damn i want to be this is what i want to do like they inspire me to do better with what i do um, they inspire me to put on a better stage performance, uh, to look better, to, you know, go into fashion more. Like, have you had any of those moments? And if so, uh, who were those artists that inspired yes. us? Because we're going to talk about your look next, obviously. So. Oh, okay. All right. So um, the person that comes to mind when I think about the two inspiring concerts that I've seen. So I haven't seen a lot of concerts, but I have seen 
some of my favorites. And one of them was Marina and the Diamonds. And she came to Houston. I went with my best friend and she doesn't dress very avant-garde or like super kawaii or something like this, but she has her own sophisticated fashion. And mostly what inspired me from her performance was she had this goddess ethereal energy that was just, she commanded the room. And whenever she would move and when she would sting, it would just, it would encourage you to feel so many different things. But I loved seeing that. That was definitely a big inspiration for me because I believe she's, she's pretty much self-made. So to see her travel from overseas to come here and to perform with synchronized dancers and with all these beautiful stage lights, that was something that really inspired me um, with how my stage presence would be. I haven't seen this performer in real life, but in this moment, they have um, music videos on YouTube of their live performances that I've seen. So I've never seen them in concert, but she was a really big influence on my stage performance with Astral Alchemy. And then the best concert that I've ever been to was I saw Queen live with Adam Lambert. He, he is such an intense singer that he is truly my inspiration when it comes to the vocals because he can, he can belt it out. He can be sensual. He can be powerful. And he has amazing fashion. He, he's literally the embodiment of <laughs> amazing. So. <laughs> wow. That's pretty awesome. Um, so I, I got to ask this cause I do have a lot of, yeah. uh, friends that grew up during the emo era you know listening to that type of music yes. you said that did that have any influences yes. on you or um what were your some of your favorite emo bands oh yes so in the emo era my favorite band of all time is my chemical romance um <laughs> yeah they i cannot i mean i actually i actually spent a thousand dollars on a plane ticket to go to new zealand last year to see them whenever they had their reunion tour and that got canceled and they also um i had to i had to postpone my trip for another year because of the covid thing so that's that's great to work with i don't know if they're going to do any more concerts but yes my chemical romance is my favorite emo band of all time i also love paramore um there's quite a few other people i like the use i think circus survive is considered one but i feel like gerard way was a very big influence on my vocals in astral alchemy because he just had that very just the way that he pronounced things and the way that he would almost scream when he sang it was very visceral and it was punk but it was also emo I loved it so much and I, I would kind of emulate his vocals whenever I would go on stage and that's how I would pronounce things and and perform yeah so you never what got about to you? see what's him your, live what's your favorite I never got to see him live and it it tears <laughs> me apart all the time <laughs> I saw them so I saw them I saw them once I saw them once yeah uh it, they were on you uh, saw them yeah, I did. I saw them at, uh, they were performing with Muse. Um, it, it was in Houston. And it, I mean, it was an awesome show. Um, I'm glad I did because I actually wasn't supposed to go. I got my tickets like last minute through another friend of mine who canceled. So I ended up having to go with a good friend of mine and we had an awesome time. So I'm Whoa, glad I got to see them. Yeah. You're so lucky. Yeah. I <laughs> wish I could see them perform. Ah, oh, that's so crazy. Good for you though. Yeah, and then uh, I guess uh, I had heard that when they started the reunion tour that some people were chart like buying the tickets and then reselling them for like five hundred or a thousand dollars or something like that. Was that was that true or did you get yours? Yeah, how did you get yours? Oh yeah, 
Um, my friend actually bought mine for my uh, for me, but we had to stay on the little Ticketmaster website and just refresh over and over and over again. <laughs> and basically, yeah. someone forfeited their tickets, and we swooped in and we grabbed them. But they were only for a hundred something dollars um, for the seats. But I have heard about that that these concerts they sell out super fast because robots are buying the tickets, and then I think then they're doing the scalping where they sell them for much much mm -hmm. higher. And I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's not fair for people who are actually fans who would do anything to see them perform. I hate that but too, because it it's like it one of the things that I, I dislike so much is just everything has become so much about money instead of the art itself. Like I think mm -hmm. if you, you know, if your uh, favorite musician is selling your tickets for like $50, you should be able to pay 50 fucking dollars and see your favorite artist, you know, not do what people right. are doing now and have to pay $100 or $500 just because you know they're trying to make some profit off of it or like with the ps5s i heard that you know they're doing the same thing with the ps5s and shit which you're a gamer right yes i am a gamer yeah i love video games <laughs> <laughs> you're a twitch affiliate is that correct yes i am and um Yes, my Twitch account name is Rainbow Priestess, so that is where I do my gaming and my streaming, and I like to dress up, and I wear my little cosplay looks, and just have a good time talking to my friends. So how did you get into that? Where did you, uh, were you always gamer, or was there something that happened and you got into it? And uh, I, I gotta ask, obviously, what are your favorite games? So if you want to start with that one, and then tell me how you got into gaming. Sure. Okay. Um, so my favorite game of all time is Skyrim, and I'm very stubborn about that. I tell everyone my favorite game is Skyrim, and I actually have a Skyrim tattoo. I don't know if you can see it. There it is. I have a Skyrim <laughs> tattoo because I'm that much of an obsessed fan over it, and I'm still waiting. Bethesda, where is the next Elder Scrolls? Okay. But but yeah, so I love that. I really love Borderlands. I love Minecraft. I love to play Pokemon games. All the Pokemon games are, they're all really, really good. Even Hey You Pikachu. And I like to play Super Smash Brothers. And hmm, I'm trying to think of other ones. I really will try anything. Ooh, I really liked Luigi's Mansion, the third one. That was, that was really good, actually. And um, yeah, so getting into video games. I've always played video games. My brothers and I, we are one of those households where we, we were raised on it, really, you know, it would keep us out of trouble. Our mom would just get us a Nintendo and throw us into the corner. And then there you go. You're, you have a babysitter. So yeah. we were raised on playing video games all the time. And just growing up, it became another thing, kind of like singing, where it helps me relax. It helps me feel good, just like it does for everyone else. And yeah, just during quarantine, that's whenever I started up the Rainbow Priestess streaming because I was playing video games all the time. I never left the house. I was trying to be a good girl. And yeah, I just got into streaming. I thought it was really fun and people loved it. So mm. I haven't streamed in a while, but I'm going to get back into it now that I have this awesome setup that mm. you can see here. Well, I guess you can't really see, but I'm looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you? What kind of video games do you like, Kai? You know, um, I guess... I had first started, I got into gaming with uh, Sega Genesis. And then from there, it was Ooh. like the original games like Sonic, the first one, and the second one. And then Mortal Kombat, the first one, and the second one. And uh, after that, I think was uh, Super Nintendo. I think they came out around the same time. I'm not sure. I forgot. Um, but I wasn't really ever a Nintendo fan that much. I was always oh. a PlayStation. 
like, like PlayStation and Sega Genesis. So when PlayStation came out, like that was my shit. Like I got every game fucking for it ever. Yeah. So it was just a mix of like fighting games and um, like my favorite game now is Metal Gear. I don't know if you're into like shooting games and stuff. I love shooting games. Like I love Borderlands. I love, it feels so good when you hit the little target, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. But um, what's your favorite console? My favorite console. So I'm actually, um, I have this awesome PC right now. So I'm a PC gamer, but I also love the Switch. I have had an Xbox in the past and a PlayStation. I play them all. And I think my favorite right now is the PC because there's so much that you can do with it. But so yeah, what about you? <laughs> PlayStation, that's it. Do you like, like, there, do you, there's no, oh, there's no oh, Xbox. Yeah, there's, you know, I'm not a big PC You're fan. Like, I have no loyalty to no <laughs> no but so you said that you started during quarantine like was it just mm-hmm. kind of like a off the moment thing like let me let me you know let me just sign up for twitch and see where this goes or did you have like a type of moment of fear or was it kind of like because you've already been doing like stage performances so being in front of people wasn't really like a big deal to you anymore so you're like you know this sounds cool i like playing games so let me just do it or what made you want to create a twitch so um, it is. it actually does have to do with my love for performance. So when we couldn't play shows anymore and everything was getting canceled, then I really did feel like I was going crazy because I needed that outlet for me to perform. That's one of my greatest joys is to perform. If it's not telling jokes to my friends or, you know, standing up and making a speech to inspire people. Um, not that I'm out here inspiring people, but it is something that I like to do. I'm compelled to do these things. Um, whether they're moving or not, but, but yeah, I just felt like I had to do something and streaming is just something you can do from your house, you know, without infecting anyone else and without causing too much trouble. It was, it was just uh, the issue of getting all the gear at first. So once I got over that hump, it was very natural and getting in front of the camera actually inspires me to have more expression. I know a lot of people, they get very shy in front of the camera. Once I'm in front of the camera, I just feel this, this fire inside of me to express myself so as I'm expressing myself now like, like what do I do with my hands yeah. okay. so let's talk about your outfit so obviously you're into cosplay because you brought it up a few times is that what kind of inspired mm-hmm. your looks too because you have both I would say like a cosplay look and more you also have your rock look as well so um yes. what inspired the way you look from I don't know I guess it was anime and cosplay or or if you want to talk about your fashion and how you change it up and stuff yes fashion so fashion is very dear to me because growing up I always watched lots of anime where the girls they have the most intricate outfits and just the way that the pieces all coordinate together really bring people joy but growing up I always had issues with my body image and I always had issues with my with my weight and with how I looked body dysmorphia and I was very insecure growing up for multiple reasons but fashion was always something that could bring out my confidence it was something that could really encourage me because with the body type that I have which is extremely curvy it's you can't just wear anything you have to wear clothes that accentuate your curves and cover them in certain places, you know, it's a lot harder to just go shopping for yourself. So I would empower myself through fashion 
because I would try to find things that would make me feel confident and feel good about myself, how I looked. And that just, it just exploded. And a lot of my influences are very avant-garde people who are independent artists like Toshi Salvino. She is, um, she is a very talented makeup artist. She does very avant-garde looks. And I'm very inspired by Kenzie Show on Instagram. I'm also inspired by Harajuku fashion, like just Japanese street fashion is one of my biggest influences. So I follow a lot of people on Instagram who they express themselves through their coordinations of these very, um, like, you know, Decora, how they have those girls who have all the like the clips in their hair and they're just covered in bracelets and necklaces, colorful. I feel like fashion can really bring magic into the world. Everybody is so afraid to express themselves. Everybody just wants to fit in so they don't get noticed or pointed out and seen in a negative light. But what about dressing up and being yourself so you can actually live life to the fullest you know like so if you want to wear a banana suit why not wear a banana suit I remember one time I played a show in a banana suit because why not I had an idea let's make it happen you only live once right or I don't know there's also reincarnation but that's another <laughs> thing for another time <laughs> thank you so much for asking me about my fashion though Kai it's really important to me yeah, I, I figured because you you obviously have um, you can have different looks, various looks, especially when you're on stage with Astro Alchemy. Um, it's mm -hmm. more dark and more metal looking, you know. Yes. So, so did that come from also uh, like the Japanese type, or was that more of just like more American type things that you've seen? Yes, definitely more American type things. So definitely the emo bands. Um, I've um, I've actually been inspired by people like you, you know, where you wear your your awesome leather jackets, and I know that you have amazing style. So like your hair looks amazing right now. I'm um, loving the blue. Yes, and and so I've just I've really been inspired by my peers growing up that were the alternative type of style people who, you know, they consider themselves gothic or emo or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, bands like My Chemical Romance. I always wanted to be like the female Gerard Way and dress like him. So yeah, it's definitely less Japanese influence, although they do have, you know, the, the, um, the gothic looks as well, which I love. Mm -hmm. so. You know, I had talked to a few friends of mine about this and it was kind of like during our, obviously during your teenage phase, you do try a different, a lot of different things, a lot of different styles. You're trying to find out like what fits you best. You're, and as you get older, your style kind of uh, like tightens up, you know, but mm -hmm. after, there's a certain age, it's kind of like, a lot of people just stop trying to dress up. They stop trying to do their hair. They stop, like even like a lot of the bands that we see um, now is just. It used to be like, oh, like let me put on makeup, let me do my hair, let me do this. It was. It wasn't just performance. It was like you know, like the fashion. It was all of that. But with a lot of the bands now, like you don't see that as often anymore. You know, like especially like from the '80s to the '90s to you know now. Um, during the emo stage, obviously they dressed up. They had their own certain style, but now it's like. You look around a lot of people our age they don't dress up anymore they don't do their hair much anymore and i guess it's just more like reasons like my job doesn't let me do this my whatever you know or maybe it's like they're thinking like i have to grow up or something like that and i guess it's just kind of like what is your take on it like why do you think people kind of get out of it um you know get out of dressing up a certain way or feel like they need a you know maybe like wear button-ups or whatever it is you know as they get older especially bands. that's a really good question Oh yeah, yeah, that is such a good question. Honestly, I haven't thought much about that. I really do feel that it is a lot of fear-based stuff. I think it's because people have been conditioned to feel a certain way where they would fear having individualism mm -hmm. um, and they would fear sticking out 
because, you know, if you stick out, you can get punished or you can attract the wrong kind of attention or something. People are afraid of that, I think. So I really don't know why people dress like that because, you know, I think differently than them to me. I'm like, why would you do that? You could dress, you could do whatever you want. You could dress however you like and, and people choose to do that. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But I really do believe that a lot of people also, they, um, they talk about dissolving their ego where they feel that because they've dissolved their ego and they've awakened to a greater form of consciousness where they realize, you know, oh, this is all just physical um, superficial aesthetic stuff, you know, those people, they have dissolved their ego and they feel like they don't have to express themselves because, you know, they don't need people to, to understand who they are. They know who they are. You know, they don't have to show off or whatever, but for me, it's like, you can go even farther past that and just think like, I should just do this because it makes me happy. And it gives me this joy that, that creates a fulfillment in my life. And, you know, sometimes people just don't think like that, I guess. I don't know. That's a really quick question. That made me think a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think it's just people allow themselves to get boring, to be honest. I think after yeah, high school, after college, yeah, it's just like, I guess they get married and whatever else, which to me, it's like, I, I never liked the traditional type of marriage, you know, the, the, where you, um, you know, the white wedding or whatever it is indoors. And then like, like the ABCs of life. I was never really into that. My thing was just like, I want every day to be an adventure. I want to do something different every day. I want to try so many different foods. I want to travel to different countries. I want to live different places. I don't want to stay in the same place. I want to experiment with different things. Like even if they fail, I still want to try those things because, you know, obviously we only live once and I, and I hate saying that because it's like so many people say that, but I mean, it's true. <laughs> yeah, so. it's true. It's true. It's like, don't take it for granted. Yeah. So <clears throat> where are you? I did want to ask you, are you from Seattle or where are you from exactly? Yeah, so I was born in Seattle, but I'm uh, my dad was in the Navy for 12 years as a lieutenant commander. So he actually moved us a lot when I was young, and I only stayed in Seattle for a year as a baby. And oh. <laughs> of course, I wasn't making these decisions. I was being taken by force against my will, and I got taken to California. I lived there for a while, um, and then I actually lived in the Philippines with my mom for three months. And that was an amazing experience. And then after that, at about eight years old, I stayed in Texas and I've been in Houston since then. And I am about to be 28. So I've been in Houston for like 20 years. It's crazy. What did you like about those places? Uh, what city was it first in, in uh, California that you moved to? Um, so we moved to Oakland and Almeda. And I don't remember those places at all other than the friends that I had and just you know, just little toddler things. But um, I really liked living in the Philippines because it was still a third world country back then. I'm not sure how it is now, but I know it's a lot more commercialized. You know, it's a lot more uh, driven towards hospitality industry. And so back then we actually lived in the forest. It was like a rainforest where there was huge snake holes that were like this big. And then you would just see them on the side of the hill and people would be like, yeah, there's an anaconda that just lives there. <laughs> and, and um, but I remember we lived in the forest and the houses were made out of like trash and random pieces of wood and concrete and cement, just random materials that these people would create together. And the children would wash themselves outside in the open for everyone 
to see, you know, because they don't think about things the way that we do over here. And well, at least back then they didn't think about how we do over here in America. And so that was really fascinating. And like, I went to a church there that had no walls. It was literally just a roof and pillars. And everywhere we would go, people would gather and would stare at us because we had light skin compared to them. And back then it wasn't as common for for um, you know Americans to come over and to have children that were mixed between Filipino and American. So all these people would look at us and they would give us chocolate and they'd be like, oh these beautiful babies, guapa, you know, that's I think that's beautiful in, in Tagalog. So so I really loved living in the Philippines. And then of course Houston, there's so much here. There's so much culture. It's just a beautiful place. Like do you so you live in Las Vegas right now? Yes. Or do you go back and forth back to Houston? Uh, I try not to, <laughs> to be honest, like, cause uh, I guess cause really? I, I, li- I lived in Houston and Texas my whole life and there are, it's like yeah. when I was growing up, there were a lot of cool things. Um, there are a lot more cooler places I feel like back then, especially with raves. They had so many good raves back then, um, like around my teens, 18, 19, 20, 21. And then they just kind of became less mm-hmm. common and then less common. And like back then they used to have the raves yes. and actual warehouses and stuff. And then they started getting shut down like at 12 o'clock and 11 o'clock. And now it's kind of like, if you try to throw a rave in Houston, at least yes. it's going to get shut down. But one thing I did always love it about Houston. That is, is so true. Mm-hmm. Um, other than yes, that though, besides my family, like there, I guess I'm just kind of over Houston already. Like I, I just been there for too long. I know what everything looks like there and it's too flat for me. So I do like, you know, waking up and I see the mountains mm-hmm. right here. And it's like, I never had that experience before. I want to see mountains. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh yeah. So, so, so you live near the mountains right now. Yeah, I do. I'm actually like five, 10 minutes from it. So it actually just snowed here probably, uh, I think like three, four, five days ago, something like that. And so I wake up and I see snow and it's just like, like a lot of snow. I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's so cool because you don't see that in Houston, you know? Um, I think it probably oh snowed gosh, in Houston, what, like twice in a couple of decades or something? I think so. I honestly don't even remember when it, it snowed. But that's so beautiful. Honestly, I've been to Colorado before, and that's my next step is I would love to just move to a place where there are mountains and live where I could see them from my window because it's true that Houston is very flat. And something interesting that I've heard is – they say that people who are introverted and they're more insightful and they think a lot more than they just express without thinking, um, those introverted people are more compelled to like living around mountains versus people who are more extroverted and they just say whatever without really thinking about it. They like to, they're okay with living in a flat place. So I thought that was very interesting because I like to think of myself as an introvert. And I know a lot of introverts that do like the mountains and it kind of makes sense because there's depth and you know there's there's so much more to ponder when you're looking at this vast vision of peaks and dips and textures so that's very cool that you live by the mountains very cool yeah and and that was another reason too why i had to leave texas because it was like i had to drive 45 minutes to an hour to get to anywhere everything is kind of like so far apart from each other even your friends like live on all sides of town so it was just kind of like a pain trying to see them all the time you know yeah, it's really sad. There are friends that I haven't seen in so long because they live so just on the other side of Houston and, you know, they don't want to make the drive. It's mm-hmm. funny. It is a very big, widespread city. Yeah. 
So shifting topics, getting back into your music, I did want to ask, we talked about this earlier, um, what are some of the harder parts of your journey as a musician? Like, what did you struggle with? You said a little bit about what you struggled with before. I don't know if you want to talk more about that. Um, Sure. But your your struggles personally, your struggles as a musician, were there any times you wanted to give up, uh, feeling unmotivated? Like, what were the hard parts of everything you do? So something, um, I think the hardest part for me is definitely just the mental health aspect behind it, because as I'm sure you know, that um, things like depression and anxiety can really hinder a person's creative process. And something that I do to help me with this, because, you know, I try, I've tried to do counseling and and all sorts of stuff for my mental health. I try to eat well and exercise and get outside and do as much as I can to really fight off depression and make it so that way I have a fighting chance to think in a more productive and healthy way. Um, but something that that is really special about feeling so deeply and having all these emotions is that you can take these emotions and create art through the emotions, right? And you know we see that with musicians all the time, but that's something I was really doing was whenever something in my life would evoke these strong feelings within me, I would take those strong feelings and I would just push them into the the music that I was creating. And I would actually write the song based off of those events. So all of my music is based off of true things that have happened in my life that, you know, my true feelings, they're not just made up scenarios. It's, um, it's kind of like alchemy when you take something and you transform it into something beautiful. You know, you take a tragedy, transform it into something beautiful. I feel like that's what my music is, is I take my horrible mental health or the way I think or my emotions or the things in my life, the tragedies, the chaos, the beauty, and I transform it into this piece of music that other people could probably relate to. You know, maybe they feel lonely and the song's about being lonely or something then um, maybe they can relate to it and feel better. So that is that is definitely the hardest part I think about creating is just having those mental blocks because you feel so depressed that you can't motivate yourself to get up and, you know, and do something productive. But, mm-hmm. but um, another thing that really helps too is just trying to be very disciplined. And even if I don't feel like doing something, I still try to force myself because once you get over that initial that hump and you get the inertia going, then that's when you're, you know, you're creating again. And that creation ends up making you feel better in the long run anyways. I find that I get even more depressed if I'm not creating music. So it's really the mental health. That's the biggest problem. So you said being lonely, is that an experience that you are familiar with uh, as a musician or just personally, or would you like to talk more about that? Cause I I like the specifics. If you don't want to get too specific, that's, that's fine. But it's just like, cause one of the reasons why I like talking to people about their struggles is because a lot of people, especially on social media, they want to portray everything as fucking, everything is good. Everything like I'm successful. I have this, I have that. Look, I'm with my friends at the club and we're having a good time and Mm -hmm. now I'm here. And it's just kind of like, it's just, it's all fake and I, and I really hate it because it's like it doesn't really show you anything it, it's superficial it's like you don't really get to know anybody on social media you don't get to know what everybody's going through and even a lot of the people that I become um, a part of like a community wise like in the personal development community mm-hmm. it's like all they want to portray is just like they have money like their business is doing well that this is going on you know like I have this car I have this much money whatever it is and it's just kind of like Okay, nobody can relate to you really anymore. Like you try to yeah. act perfect and you try to act all like you have everything figured out. 
And it's just like, I feel like the real meat of life, the real like where people can relate to you is in the parts where you mess up, the parts where you struggle with. And that's why I like talking specifically about those things for anybody who, because um, one of my, my main things I like doing is I like helping kids a lot because Aww. I didn't really, yeah, I, I didn't really have that help growing up as a kid myself. And it was just, it was really fucking hard because I was trying to figure out everything on my own. And I wanted to help other kids, you know, like maybe they don't have to go through it by having other people like, um, that's why I have so many people like of different fields on my uh, podcast because I want to give them advice from these people who have accomplished things already. Yeah. So, so uh, what were those things that, you know, like you had to deal with personally or um, like you said, loneliness? Are there any other things like specifics you want to get into? Just over my whole life or just recently or just with music? Yeah, I guess if you want to say like how, you know, how sometimes they kind of blend into each other, like, let's say, especially after you're going after a goal, you know, you're chasing your your dream as a musician, like, what things got in the way? Would you have to sacrifice anything, make any sacrifices, give up friends, give up time? Um, you know? Yeah, I definitely I've had to, I've had to let go of some friends who were um, not in alignment with my vision. You know, people that I worked with musically who um, they they were not necessarily corrupting the music, but they were changing it too much from, you know, the initial idea or they weren't working as efficiently as I would like, or as they promised me that they would, you know, people like that. I, I do have to let them go because not that I'm, I'm just focusing on only myself, but it's, it's also music is kind of like a business almost your brand building is kind of like a business. And I want to just be around people or work with people who are very productive and their, their view of work and their view of life and, and energy, it has to align with my vision as well for us to really work. So I have let people go because of things like that, but, but as for loneliness, I have experienced a lot of loneliness. Like right now I live by myself and I'm learning to be an independent, an adult that doesn't need other people to feel fulfilled in life, to feel complete. So, um, yes, I have felt a lot of loneliness. And that's actually where one of my songs comes from is from the loneliness I felt. But, mm-hmm. but it is kind of a, it's like tough love from the universe teaching me how to be independent and be whole on my own. So, Um, Other issues too is like, like you were saying how you didn't have support whenever you were growing up. And that's interesting that you said that. And that actually really resonated with my heart when you said that, because I also had a very similar upbringing where ironically with music, um, you know, my mom and well, both my parents, but really it was my mother. She would not support my music at all. She'd never, every time I would sing to her, she would tell me to quit music because I was not good at singing and it didn't sound good. Um, She told me that she wouldn't pay for my lessons, but she would pay for my guitar lessons and my, like my piano lessons, but she wouldn't pay for my vocal lessons. So I had to teach myself how to sing. And um, I just used free resources and random, you know, like lessons from random people who would just say one or two things like, oh, you're singing through your nose or you're singing through your throat. You need to sing through your diaphragm, you know, little pointers like that. Um, But yeah, it was, it was actually really hard for me to, to be a singer, even though I naturally wanted to sing, like I was saying before, I was just born singing because my parents didn't tell me that it was something or they didn't encourage me to believe in it they wanted me to you know focus on getting 
a job or, you know, you have to go to college, that sort of thing, which I did go to college and I did get a job, but now I'm, I, now I get to focus on my dreams. Now I get to focus on my music because I have that stability that they were wanting and that I needed in order to establish myself, to be able to have my own place, buy the gear, that sort of thing. But I just wonder sometimes what would it have been like if I had parents that believed in me and that encouraged me and they said things with unconditional love or, or even in a nice way, you know, so, so if there are people out there who, if there are kids out there and they have similar things where they have dreams and their parents aren't supporting them, their peers are laughing at them. I just want to tell those kids that are listening that it's your life and you can do whatever you want with it really. And at the end of the day, are you happy with yourself? Are you happy with your choices? Because every single day is important for your progress. Every single day you can put forth work and you can continuously dream, but put forth the action as well. And you know, the younger you start, the better it is definitely. But it's also never too late to start on anything. So if you're 40 now and you're listening to this and you've always wanted to be a singer, today is the day to start. Right now is the time to start. Don't wait until tomorrow where you could get hit by a bus and die. <laughs> Sorry, that got really dark. <laughs> but yeah, but I, it makes, it breaks my heart to think about, about people who are discouraged because of their environment, you know? And, and that's another thing too. You were talking about how people, they sometimes are too perfect on the internet where it's hard for others to relate. That is so true because I feel like that does discourage people. I think those people should focus on educating other people on how they got to that point you know, sharing their wealth and sharing their success by educating people and showing them it is possible. You can do whatever you want as long as you try hard and you make your your goals and you pass up your goals and you stay disciplined. So yeah, that's my input on that. <laughs> I like that. One, <laughs> one of the things that you did say, because I do like talking about this a lot, especially about parents. It's, um, I, told, I, I said this before in a few of my podcast episodes. It's like, I feel like a lot of our life is really undoing a lot of the shit that our parents put into us unconsciously yes. or unconsciously, whatever it is. And it, and it sucks because it's like, because I, I hear this all the time. It's like, yeah, I love my parents, but I don't feel like they um, set me up to, for success. They didn't help me, you know, gain confidence. They didn't instill that confidence in me. They didn't help me find my direction in life. They didn't encourage my direction in life. And it's just, it's just fucked. Cause I hear that so many times and it's like a lot of times they just let the school raise them. They don't actively take interest in their yeah. child. Like, like, what is it that you like? They don't talk to their child. Like, what is it you like? How can I help you? Like, fuck what the school says about your kid. Like, you should know your kid better than the school does. Don't let the school tell you what. Cause, yes. Because that was my thing. It, it was like, I always hated school. I always knew that, like, I did well in school, but it's just, I, I just felt like it was never for me. Like, college was never for me. Especially if you're trying mm -hmm. to become, like, something in the arts. Like, um, it can help you in certain ways. But for yeah, like business, yeah. business and entrepreneurship and other things, it just kind of crushes a lot of creativity trying to make try like kind of makes you conform and be like everybody else. And, and it's just it, I just never liked the way that, you know, the parenting was or the way the school system was and stuff. So I feel like yeah. it feels like a lot of dreams and stuff. But, but yeah. it really does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I do agree that. Um, like I, I always tell people that your 20s is about undoing the conditioning that you had from your parents until you were, you know, 18, until you became an adult. I really do feel that um, 
Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm doing right now where I'm I'm trying to learn to feel confidence and to feel the love that I need to feel and feel complete and not have anger or um or you know just like or, or do things that my parents would do that like you said it subconsciously is instilled into you and you kind of you your whole brain forms based off of this life growing up like you're literally your brain doesn't stop developing until you're 25 right so it's like you're literally rewiring yourself to fear to feel fear-based feelings or to associate this and that or whatever so it's very interesting that you brought that up i love thinking about that kind of stuff yeah i think it's kind of fucked because it's kind of like you shouldn't have to deal with the crap that your parents like it for example there's every, every person has their own crap and insecurities that they have to deal with but it's one thing to deal with it yourself, but then it's another to completely like push those insecurities and those problems onto your child and then have them deal with it and possibly repeat the same process that, you know, you're going through. And a lot of parents do that. It's really fucked up. But um, another one question I wanted to ask you was, uh, how was your fear of judgment? How did you get over that? How did you get better? Like, what was it like when you first started doing what you're doing? Like when you first started like saying, hey, I want to put my music out. Hey, I want to do this. I want to be more open about what I like doing. Um, was there any fear of judgment? And if so, what was it like? And how did you get over it as time went? So I don't, hmm. so I've always had fear of judgment over myself as a person. You know, I've always been really shy because of that. But when it came to my singing, I don't know. I just became a diva whenever I would sing. So I remember in high school, I saw my friends, they were watching this girl play guitar and sing on YouTube. And they were just, they were so enamored by her talent and she was really good. But I kept on thinking to myself that, you know, I could do this kind of stuff too. I can make YouTube videos because I play guitar and I sing and I think I'm cute, you know, whatever. And I always had that confidence of like, you know what, I can do that too. And I want to show the world what I can do. And I have so much confidence in my art and what I'm creating that that's why I want to show the world. That's why I want the attention on whatever I'm creating because I believe in it so much. It's like my little baby. I want it to have the love that it deserves. And it's always kind of been like that where, you know, I would put stuff out and I would sing. I, I've listened to some of my old stuff and I'm like, really, I wish I was more humble at the time because I would literally go into these projects and just think, you know what, I'm the shit. I'm the best. I can do no wrong. And I would sing without warming up my vocals or I would sing kind of pitchy. But when you're in that state of mind, you don't even, you can't even hear the pitchiness because you think it's just perfect already. So I actually had the kind of opposite effect where I was overly confident and I needed to find humility and I needed to kind of check myself. And, and um, one of the things that really helped me find that because so I don't think I've ever really been insecure about my singing, right? Mm -hmm. But there was a time whenever I was kind of insecure about performing on stage because, of course, I had, like, the body issues and um, and just I didn't like people looking at me too much. Like, I was okay with them hearing me sing or, like, creating a video. But then the live performance, that's so different. And so I would drink whenever I would perform. And then I started watching videos of myself and I realized, wow, like I look very sloppy. I'm singing pitchy because I'm drunk. And I started to, to realize I, if I really am passionate about something, I shouldn't have to drink to be comfortable performing. You know, I should, I should just um, do it on stage and be, and take it seriously as like a job or, a, you know, a fun job. But like I said before, brand building is like a business. 
you can't just get up on stage and be all willy-nilly about what you're doing. <laughs> you have to perform the best of your abilities, be completely prepared, that sort of thing. And so, yeah, so I did, I did um, have confidence issues where I needed alcohol, but that is no longer an issue, thankfully. Thank How did you <laughs> get over it? Like what made you, because I know a lot of uh, girls especially struggle with their body image. How was it that you started or do you still have a problem with it now or are you better? I do have um, bouts of body dysmorphia, but I think it's just because of the way I used to, or at least even the conditioning of growing up. Like, you know, I was telling you that our brains wire themselves based off of how, like our lives and how we're thinking. I feel like my brain was so wired in that fear-based thinking growing up that sometimes I do revert back where I'm feeling confident and I'm feeling great. And then all of a sudden I just get that, that voice in my head of the self-doubt. And I start to really question myself and I think way too much about, you know, oh, is, is this, does this look like pudge? Like, what is this? What is that? And when you focus on it too much, that's when those things amplify themselves and the body dysmorphia is really really a bitch for that but <laughs> sorry I don't, okay, you said we can say bad words so thank you guys. <laughs> <You're> good, <yeah. laughs> yes we have the freedom um yeah. but yeah so I got I got over it through working out um through working out eating healthy through the fashion of course and just and also streaming on Rainbow Priestess really because I did not have really good self-confidence when I first started Rainbow Priestess, but the amount of support and love that I got for doing what I love, that really encouraged me to believe in myself because I wanted to see what they were seeing. They saw a star in me. So why can't I see a star in me? Why can't I be proud of myself or think I'm beautiful? And um, that really encouraged me to to just open my eyes and just think I'm beautiful. And another thing too, to anyone who's listening and watching, if you have self-doubt days, literally go to the mirror naked or with clothes. You know, I like to do it naked. You go there and you tell yourself, I am beautiful. You are a bad bitch and you are beautiful. And you have this, you literally just talk to yourself and you fake it till you make it. You just keep telling yourself over and over and over again, and you force yourself to believe it. And eventually it becomes habitual, right? It only takes like 30 days for a habit to form for the average human. It's what I've read somewhere. Um, I've heard from other people it's 20 or something, but, but yeah, that you just got to fake it till you make it. And eventually you believe yourself and it becomes reality. Mm. So you're talking about affirmations pretty much essentially. Yeah. Affirmations. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Self-love, like people need that. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool because you're saying a lot of things. Like I, I see anybody that is serious about chasing their passion or chasing a goal. It's like even if they don't study personal development itself, it's like there's still a lot of the same key elements in that. Um, you know that they find as they're growing up. Like you said, you have to at times get rid of friends. You have to lose friends. You have to lose time. Sometimes you have to lose sleep. Sometimes you can't go out to you know your your friends whatever it is that they're doing or whatever like especially toxic friends and people who don't support you. It's like, I'm amazed at how many people keep in their life, like people who don't support them, people who don't really want to see them going anywhere. Cause it's like, when I was first trying to move out and do something better for myself, I had those group of friends who were like, um, they, they didn't really want me to go. It wasn't because obviously they wanted me to, um, you know, they wanted me to still be around as so we could do the same stuff together, but it was more like they didn't want me to really, achieve anything or they didn't want me it's kind of like they wanted me to stay stuck in the same place for their benefit for like selfish yeah. reasons. So, oh my god <laughs> that's so relatable it's scary yeah, yeah. 
And that's what I mean. Like, oh. there are the same patterns and key elements, you know. But um, I did want yeah. you to say something to uh, other girls, I guess, that are possibly struggling with body image problems. You did say one thing. Is, is there anything else that helped you uh, along the way besides, like, affirmations and, um, you know, other things like that? Like, what are some other things that helped you? Like, for example, because one of the main questions I wanted to ask you is, how has your music and you as a person evolved and developed from when you first started, like, uh, whatever age you want, you want to say that you picked up doing this, like when you first started realizing, like, I really want to make this something serious. I want to chase after this. Like, how did you develop from then to now? You, you said a few things already, but is there anything else you want to throw in there? I think, well, you know, I guess whenever I first started really playing shows, which was 16 years old, and I was doing like my solo stuff or the emo music or the rock and metal, you know, eventually all that stuff. I kind of, in my head, I wasn't 100% throwing myself into it because I was afraid of rejection. I was afraid of getting hurt or of being disappointed. But as you get older, you, you know, you stop fearing that and you, I mean, at least for me, I just want to throw myself 100% into everything I put myself into because there is no other way. You can't just half-ass your way to the top. You can't just, you know, slack off and be lazy. You have to work hard. And I really do believe that when you put in as much work as you possibly can, the universe fills in the gaps and does the rest for you and allows you to get those connections that you need, that you know, you attract those to you because you're doing the physical work. And um, so, sorry, I kind of got a little bit off topic. I kind of went oh, on a no, tangent. Good. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, and I just, you know, and then I, as I get older too, I'm like, well, I, I also want to be more sophisticated with, with my, my words. You know, I don't want to just release, I don't like to release songs that have lots of curse words in them, or they're, they're written about things that I have not experienced, or I, I don't feel deeply about. So mm -hmm. So um, my music is just developing more into, into better songwriting. You know, the actual songwriting itself, I feel, is getting more sophisticated. And then I'm writing more about real-world adult issues instead of when I was a teenager, I would write about like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, like my, you know, my, I'm rebelling because my parents didn't let me wear my favorite pants or something <laughs> silly like that. You know, these are, these are songs that come from my soul that, that a lot of people can relate to. And yeah, I think it's just a part of your adulthood where you realize I'm wasting time. You know, I'm not getting any younger and every day goes by faster and faster. You know, you have to put forth that action now. So I think that's why I really got serious about it. Mm -hmm. so. Perfect. And uh, I guess a few more quick questions before we go on to our special, um, I guess, present. I would like to say present because it's pretty cool. Because um, you're actually going to be my first person that's going to do this. So on, on my podcast. Okay. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so before we, before we get into that, um, just a, for, a few quick questions uh, about things we brought up. Um, okay. Favorite animes. Okay. My favorite anime. <laughs> Sorry, you can hear my Texas accent. <laughs> so my favorite anime is Fairy Tale or Fairy Teru, which is what they say in Japanese. That's how it sounds. Um, that's my favorite anime because it's it's all about the power of friendship. I love animes where they're a big group or a team and they all have different powers, like you know in Sailor Moon, and um, 
but with fairy tale the characters they're all just so wholesome and they're all so different and i don't know have you seen fairy tale kai no i haven't <laughs> really you should check it out it, it's one of those ones where you could cry because of the really touching moments in there and it's just every lesson or every episode has a lesson behind it every episode has like some awesome character development i love that anime and i actually went to anime matsuri in houston a few years ago and i accidentally ran into another fairy tale cosplayer because i was cosplaying as erza so they pointed me out they were like hey you're doing fairy tale we're having a shoot come meet with us at this time and i go outside of the George R. Brown Convention Center, and I see this like mob of fairy tale characters, and all those people were so sweet. Like they fairy tale fans are the nicest people ever because it's a wholesome anime, you know. So that's my favorite anime of all time. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> um, Death Note would still be mine. Like Death I, I Note. wish, ah! I wish they made more seasons. I would. I mean, it ended fine. It ended. It ended well. Like there, but it's just it's one of those ones you want you want it to just keep going. And it sucks that it they it, it didn't. So Yeah, oh that is that does suck. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, so top one. yeah, top three favorite bands. Okay, this is so hard. Okay, so my top three favorite bands. Uh they're always changing. And um I go through periods where I, I just like singers and stuff. And um I think one of my top three okay, so I can't really put it in order, but definitely one of my top three is in this moment because um she is just absolutely she's like a different level of existence she's a different type of human where she can channel all sorts of different energies um another one of my favorites i know a lot of people are not on the same wavelength but i've really been into ash nico a lot because i think that she's just adorable i think she's she's cute and her music is very catchy and i do get a lot of influence from her music on my music just because she uses a lot of cool effects and her beats are just sick and then another band that I really love oh this is so hard why would you ask me this guy it's so hard <laughs> for me to like decide on things um I've been listening to a lot of Beyonce lately just honestly just from the top of my head that I can't even make up a, a cool band that I've been listening to no I've been listening to a lot of Beyonce and just a lot of her um more soulful work not so much the pop stuff but it, like, if, for example, something, if you wanted to listen to it later, I love her song, Bigger. I've been listening to that for the past couple of days and I cry every time I listen to it. I've just been listening to, to sad music really, but I cry when I listen to it because she talks about how um, she's always singing to her daughter uh, about how her daughter should just love herself and that she's actually a powerful being with a divine plan for her. But, you know, a lot of times we are, put under the illusion that we're lesser than other people so her song is about encouraging her daughter um in that sort of way and it makes me cry because i feel like it heals a part of me like i told you before i never had the encouragement from from my parents or my mother in that sort of way so beyonce's really she's really been inspiring me a lot and also just the way that she writes her music her more sensual um slower music like that song bigger i was telling you Mm -hmm. that's how I kind of write my music it's a story and it's very emotional and sensual so okay I, I hope that those yeah, no, three no, music that's choices fine. will suffice <laughs> <That's> <laughs> all right and this is one so question different <laughs> that's fine um this is one question I do like asking a lot of people that's been on um 
I didn't think I'd ask you this question, but after everything we talked about, it's pretty cool. Um, what are your specific keys to success? So everybody, th- like, hey, what is success to you and what is your specific keys to success? So success to me is, I mean, it's such a broad term that can really encompass so many things. But to me, success is literally just anytime you achieve your goals. And, you know, you're constantly, once you get success, you're constantly having to get more success. You can't just rest on your laurels and, and say, you know, oh, well, I posted that video a year ago and it was really successful, you know, like, no, I feel like we constantly have to be working for success, but that state of being so confident in yourself and being so happy with what you're doing and, and having purpose, I feel like that is you being successful because like when you're in that state of being, you encourage other people to be successful and you're not, like you were saying before, how you had some friends that didn't want you to be successful. They were like kind of weighing you down and you had to move past them. I feel like people like that they're unsuccessful because they're constantly tearing other people down to their level or they have to discourage people because they don't like where they are at in their life you know and they want to have some sort of control over you because you have that potential and you are doing work and you want to be successful and therefore you are successful because you're doing the work you know Mm -hmm. it's um I feel like that is what success is and for me, the key to my success, which I don't consider my, well, I feel like I am successful because I, I get to do what I'm loving. You know, of course, obviously I'm not anywhere where I want to be, but I feel like I have that potential in me. And because I'm doing everything that I can be doing, I am successful. Um, but for me, a lot of it is, it has to do with how you think and how you see the world. I feel like the right mindset is key to achieving success and for striving for success and to be great, I feel like you have to constantly be positive and you have to um, believe in yourself, believe in your art. You have to have that discipline, you know? And I, what I like to say too is through discipline, we have freedom because when you discipline yourself to work out a certain amount of times, you know, you have a goal to do it a certain amount of times per week and you, you do it then later on you have that freedom to wear whatever you want because you feel more confident because you had the discipline to do the work. You know what I mean? So there's like this weird connection between discipline and freedom. And um, so discipline I think is very important. And then of course, just surrounding yourself with positive people who believe in you and who are doing their own things to be successful too. Like you were saying, sometimes we have to let go of the people that weigh us down. Energy is very, very contagious. And something from working in like the corporate world is they talk about for managers that you want to get rid of your employees that, that don't align with the way you think they're negative because those negative people, their energy is contagious to other people and it will catch on. And it's actually one of the most detrimental things um, that can happen to a company is you keep the wrong kind of people and they spread their energy to other people and bring everyone down so I feel like another key is to just really only surround yourself with people who can bring you up and who can keep you on track and really encourage you and not deter you um, from your goals and then another thing of course too is planning out your goals always plan things out and really stick to them so I I hope that is a good answer for you (laughs) yeah I like it because I like when people are Because like you said, everybody everybody has their own definition of success. And Mm -hmm. 
I don't think success. I mean, for a lot of people, it it can be vague. Something like, "Well, I want to be rich and have a lot of money," and it's kind of like that's not. That can be an idea of success, but it's it's not really, you know. Like I'd rather be happy and doing what I love and helping people along the way. Like for me, that's yeah. my that's my version of success. And if I make money along the way, fucking awesome. Um, but it's the unique, specific keys that everybody has uh, from their own lives, from their own journey that I that I love hearing about. So, yeah. And last question is, uh, what is music? What does music mean to you? Music to me is music to me is like magic, and it's this amazing phenomenon, right? It's constantly transforming like water. You can have a concept, and then you play with it a few times, or you add instruments to it, or something, and it completely changes. And then as time passes, it changes even more. So it's just interesting trying to take this ethereal. Chunk of sound waves, and then putting it into a recording, and then saying this is how it's supposed to sound, you know, because it is this magical sensation, really, that can transform people. And one of the things that really I love about music, it has to do with my other passion, which I love Greek mythology. And、um, one of my most favorite stories is the story of Orpheus, and I love to tell this to everybody because. Um, if I'm correct, based off of my humanities classes, they say that in ancient Greece, the word for music actually directly translated to mean magic, because they felt that、um, they felt that if you could create music, you could manipulate humans, and they actually created this document called the Doctrine of Ethos, that was a rule book for the ancient Greece people of how to perform music, so that way it could just be good for dancing and singing, because they realized with the power of music, you could make people. Do all sorts of stuff. I mean, you hear music nowadays, very sexual music. That、um, which you know, I like that. I like all sorts of music, really. I'm not hit, I'm not dissing on it, but I'm just saying that through the power of music, you can put on very simple beats and simple singing and all this, and suddenly people are feeling like you know angry or sexual or really happy and all. It really does change our our mood. And so people over time, we've forgotten how powerful music is and that it is like magic and that we have to use it responsibly to teach other people. To create good feelings,、um, so to me,、um, oh yes, the story of Orpheus. <laughs> I totally got distracted from that, but but yeah. So the doctrine of ethos is a part of Greek mythology, but another story is the, the story of Orpheus. He was such a skilled musician that he could put、um, that he was the only human, the only mortal being to make Hades of the underworld feel anything. And what had happened was his wife was stolen, so he had to go to Hades to get his wife's soul back. And he put Cerberus, the guard dog, to sleep with his music. And then whenever he went to Hades, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about this. But whenever he went to Hades, he performed and he sang for Hades. And Hades actually, for the first time ever, felt empathy for human life. He felt emotions and he felt the sadness of mortals, because when you are a god, you don't feel. You don't feel like the pain of of、uh, more mortality of death of losing someone because everyone's immortal, right? So he he was able to learn empathy and to learn human emotions through the music that Orpheus was creating, and because of that, he allowed Orpheus to take his wife back to the to the mortal realm. So I think about stuff like that. How the ancient Greek people they were they thought music was so powerful that they created a rule book about it, you know. Yeah. And so, so that's what music is to me. To me, it's this powerful force. 
it's um a musician is just they are someone who channels the energy of the universe and they turn it into something tangible for other people who would have never heard that music in the first place it's crazy <laughs> and that is music 101 <laughs> <laughs> all right and so <clears throat> now we get to our special performance so everybody listening we have a she's actually going to sing a song for us so <laughs> okay. um, if you want to tell I'm people so nervous. <laughs> so what is, what is the song you'll be singing for us today okay i'm going to sing my new song transforming mm -hmm. so i actually pulled up the um the music right here let me make sure that it's good and ah, okay we're we are going to to do this now i'm sorry like all of a sudden i'm really nervous <laughs> no, you're good so just let me know when you're ready and then i'll give you the mic and i'll mute myself and all that Okay, let me go ahead and set it up for you. Right. And I'm going to sit a little bit back, just so I'm not screaming at this. Okay, so this song is called Transforming. And I am going to make it work. Uh -huh. All right. Are let me ready? get a little of a, yes, I'm going to drink some water. <laughs> Are you nervous? I'm so nervous. <laughs> I'm so it's nervous. okay. It's okay. You're, you're only going to be heard in about 13 countries. So it's not mm -hmm. that big of a deal. Oh, just a little bit of pressure. Just 13 <laughs> countries. You know, it's yeah, not 14 awesome. countries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm excited. All right. Here it goes. I'm going to start it now. Okay. All right. And you have the, uh, you have everything. Go ahead. Okay. And so for everybody else listening, you can also catch us on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Uh, recently, we actually got accepted to go on iHeartRadio, so you can check it out on there as well. Um, there will be a YouTube video um, for the people who like the audio. Um, I'm going to post it on social media as well. And after we have the performance, and uh, I'll let you explain where you can, where people can follow you at. As well. okay excellent okay all right so i have it right here i'm so sorry about all that right. kai are you so sure let me you go good? ahead i'm, I'm gucci <laughs> all right this should okay, be it <laughs> okay right. here we go so this is my song transforming all right It's a cruel world filled with storm clouds Individuals who try to bring me down I used to be too scared to be myself So let me open up for once Yeah, I'm a bad baby, you don't even know You've only seen the side I want to show ya I don't care anymore for what people think about me now. I'm constantly transforming. You don't even know me. Whoa. I'm constantly transforming. You don't even know me. Yeah. I deserve better than what you're giving me. 
Words like racers Cut me open Free me, baby I'm constantly transforming Whoa You don't even know me Uh-oh I'm constantly transforming And you don't even know me You think you know me but I'm transforming I'm a wildfire begging to be unleashed But you bore me You wish you could handle me I'm a star-filled galaxy I'm another worldly entity But you, you don't even know me I'm a savage on fire Burning up from inside I'll only get higher I don't care what you say, no, I don't mind You know my face is just too angelic to cry I'll give me what I want, no more lies Because you owe me and it's mine oh, And don't you try to run or hide And don't you ever waste my time Whoa I'm constantly transforming. You don't even know me. Whoa, I'm constantly transforming. Cyclops. You don't even know me. I deserve better than what you're giving me. Words like racers Cut me open Free me, baby I'm constantly transforming Whoa You don't even know me Yeah I'm constantly transforming You don't even know me Yeah That was it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> awesome. How do you feel? I feel so good. Whenever I sing, I feel like this this crazy sensation comes over me where this calm comes. So I feel really good. Awesome. So, so where can people follow you at? Oh, where can people follow me at? Yes. Um, so right now, I only have stuff on YouTube. You just go to YouTube, type up Angel Embers. And I have two songs right now, Transforming. And my very first song was Good Girl. So they're both very chill, R&B, lo-fi type of songs. Um, I have a new song I'm actually recording today that should be released next week. So I'm excited about that. And it's going to be on the YouTube. Um, and eventually I'd like to move on to do maybe some more pop stuff or a more um, high energy kind of music that's still along the same lines of like electric instruments and the beats are like this, you know? Yeah. So, so, and eventually hopefully I can distribute my music to Spotify and SoundCloud and all those things, but, but yeah, mm -hmm. YouTube for now. Okay. Awesome. What about social media? Is there any, any uh, thing you want to add to social media or you just kind of want to keep that off the record? 
Oh, um, so for social media, there is a Facebook page. Just look up Angel Embers. And then I also have an Instagram that I just started. Um, my personal Instagram is something I'm inviting people to as well, where I do post the Angel Embers updates. That one is rainbow.priestess on Instagram. And there you can really see a lot of the behind the scenes shots of the outfits and uh, the recording studio sessions, things like that. It's more of my personal day-to-day activity blog. And eventually I will get my Angel Embers Instagram um, set up for just music stuff. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yes. And last question, um, where is this going? What, what is your ultimate vision for where you want to take your gifts and your talents? I want to go all the way to the top. <laughs> I would like to say that I would be very interested in being a part of the industry and being an actual professional where I can tour and make lots of albums you know, whenever things do get better, where touring is more acceptable, that has always been one of my dreams is to do an international tour. And I do have a lot of supporters already in places like Ireland, the Philippines, I have people in Switzerland, Japan, um, you know, South America, there's a lot of different people from different countries there. So through these connections, I'm hoping that I can grow internationally, because that's, that's essentially what I want to do. I'm no longer focusing on the local, the local Houston scene i'm focusing on the whole entire united states and then other countries as well kind of like you are like you're in 13 different countries and so like thank you so much for having me here and letting me have the opportunity to reach out to these other countries and i hope that you guys like it no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, please listen to my music please support the arts and stay tuned because there will be so much more this is just this is just the beginning Awesome. Well, I love it. Um, thank you again for coming on. Thank you for yes. you know performing for me, like for a first time for all of our guests. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, you, you can catch us on my new YouTube channel. You can follow me there. You can follow her. I'll leave the links below as well. Um, you can check us out on iHeartRadio, Google Chromecast, uh, Google, Google Podcast, uh, Spotify, a few other places. And yeah, again, thank you. Yeah. And everybody thank you else. Gang. Hi. Any last words? Um, any last words? Okay, so my famous last words are that you need to believe in yourself right now and do whatever you can to live your best life right now. Don't wait until tomorrow for some solar flare to engulf and kill us all. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, really, anything can happen. You could die tomorrow. You could die right now. I don't know. But yes, what you do today allows you to have the future that you want tomorrow. And the future belongs to those who put forth that work today. So get to work, really think about what you want to do with your life and do what makes you happy because this life is important and you can't take it for granted. So that's all I wanted to say, Kai. Some Perfect. last words. All right, everybody else, thank you for joining us and check out the other episodes and we will see you again soon. Take care. All right, bye. I deserve better